Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Texas Three-Step Podcast, the podcast driven by you, the diehard sports fan. Here's how this works. You engage with us on social media through polls, debates, contests, etc. You tell us what you want to hear each week. Then we give you the best weekly sports show on the planet. Now, let's let this sports talk begin. We're going to start off with some baseball. Q, you want to tell us what we're going to talk about? Yeah, for sure. Uh Today we're going to go over uh, MLB COVID updates uh, with the Marlins and the rest of the MLB. Uh, we're going to go over the seven-inning doubleheader rule that just got announced. We're going to go over some Rangers news and updates along with the Astros struggles against the Dodgers. Uh, we're going to go over some Joe Kelly stuff and uh, the suspension. going to discuss some big injuries among baseball and uh, a few other things. Yeah, we got a lot of good topics today. Cody, why don't you start us off with the coronavirus update? So the Marlins have uh, reported 18 cases, I believe, after their uh, virus or their little fun trip in Atlanta. Strip club. That so, so probably wasn't MLB approved. <laughs> I, I did hear that the buffet was very good, though. That they visited. <laughs> I, I'm uh, sure those wings were on point, as you know. They had to be. They had to be. <laughs> uh, was it worth the virus for them? Uh, I don't know. Uh, well, did they play the? They played the Phillies, right? Yeah. Um, so the Phillies just announced that uh, announced today that they have a positive case as a, from a coach and a staff member, and uh, but no players yet. So right now the uh, the Marlins are beating the rest of the MLB. 18 to nothing, because especially since Soto came back uh, negative 10 times in a row. So we really had kind of a scare at the beginning. Like the Marlins had a huge spike in cases, but it, it seems like we've kind of calmed down a little bit, haven't we? There's no one else that really positive. Yeah. As, as far as it's showing right now, that's what it's looking like. Um, we'll see if anything pops up in the next few days or something like that, though. But this, this whole next week right here uh, is really – really tedious when it comes to the rest of rest of the season pretty much because i mean games are getting canceled and postponed left and right and that's why they had to go in and make this rule where double headers that are going to be played here in the future are going to be starting august 1st they're going to be seven inning games each one so it's going to be seven inning seven inning so let me um let's take a step back real quick i, I have a question for y'all and we we asked this on twitter on and instagram do you guys think the season is going to be completed to the, the get to the playoffs and fully be completed? I think they may have to, if the virus cases keep spiking, they may have to stop it at some point and reevaluate. I know the players association voted down the idea of a bubble, but that could potentially come up in the future. I would think it'd be too hard to have 30 uh, teams in one bubble in one area. So they may have to look into the idea of two bubbles. Uh, I, my idea for two bubbles has been having one in Arlington and one in Houston, put 16 teams in Houston and make the Astros a national league team and 14 teams in Arlington uh, and have all the American league teams there minus Houston. Yeah. But like, uh, like you and, said though, man, it's that's, that's hard. That's, that's hard. That's a lot of teams and a lot of players to, keep tabs on like that and make sure everybody's following guidelines and rules and i mean it already looks like the marlins already broke it and so i mean i heard an interview today about with with uh with chris woodward the manager of the rangers and he was he was saying that uh 
that they're they're focusing on primarily trying to make sure all the players are uh, are following all the guidelines and they're they're pushing it strictly now. Is uh, I'm sure a lot of teams after after that scare are trying to do that and make sure their players aren't acting foolish and breaking these rules and stuff. You know. Yeah, it, yeah. It, the bubbles worked pretty well for the NBA though. Yeah, that is true. I mean, but it's a lot lot smaller of a of amount of teams. I mean, it's not it's not thirty teams going in there with with massive rosters like the MLB have. Yeah, yeah, but it's, you... it's not the same. Go ahead, Tyler. It's not the same setup either. Like, and they're basically in Disney World, and they got these like wristbands. They're basically tracking them. They got this hotline that to like snitch on players. Like, it's they got that locked down over there in Orlando. It's really not the same thing. I, I, I think I think Manfred and uh, and the Players Association honestly have to share the blame on this. I mean, you you can't go into this situation and with every single case going to be politicized and publicized as much as as much as it is. It, you can't you can't go into the situation without having some type of backup plan or reserve or anything like this. I mean, it just kind of seems like the MLB wasn't prepared for this type of thing to happen. And now they're just kind of in panic mode. Yeah, that's the thing that stood out to me. I'm not a huge baseball fan, but like I definitely could recognize like it seemed like they didn't have a huge plan in place from the beginning. And then now with the news today about their double headers, like that just seems like out of the blue. Like why didn't we know about this like weeks ago? Um, I mean, they, they, Pushed forward the the sixteen team playoff the day before the season started. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that they don't seem like they've had everything together or a solid foolproof plan from the beginning at all, and it's just it's just ridiculous. And honestly, like I would be I would be surprised if Rod Manfred is is the commissioner after this year. I, there's been so much backlash from from the way he's handled COVID and the way he handled the the suspensions with the Astros players and. Uh, and all of those you know, things. Joe Kelly. And now Joe Kelly getting suspended eight games for not even hitting a guy and making the boo-boo face. <laughs> yeah, so let, let's talk more about the Joe Kelly. We'll get back to this doubleheader in a second, but talk to me about this Joe Kelly. What do you guys think of this suspension that went down? Do you think they're too harsh? Like, talk to me about this. Way too harsh. Yeah. Uh, I think a suspension is okay. Just suspend him, like, Two or three games. He's a reliever. He usually doesn't pitch every day. But two to three games would cost him probably one, maybe two appearances. See, an eight game, an eight game. It was eight games, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Eight game suspension during a sixty game season is like the equivalent of twenty two games in a regular season. That is insane. There's there's been players that have gotten in fistfights. Rudin Odor punched Jose Bautista and clear across the face and basically knocked him out on the field. And he only got five games. Like this is this crazy. Yeah, I, I think I imagine the league is trying to clamp down on Joe Kelly very quickly to try to. St- I, I'm sure everyone wants to kind of get a shot at the Astros, and the MLB is like, no, we're not letting this happen. This is what we're gonna do to Joe Kelly. We're gonna snap down on him hard, and like we don't yeah. want this happening. The league said it from uh, the beginning when they first handed out, or when the Astros. Uh, uh, ruling came out and they were getting all that backlash they were saying that uh, they were going to come out harshly against people that threw the Astros batters and stuff so I I think they were using Kelly as an example even after Bregman said uh, said he likes how the game polices itself (laughs) yeah (laughs) not when the balls come at his head I guess not yeah right 
Well, I don't think he knew that pitch was coming. No, honestly, uh, honestly though, it there could be a case that that Joe Kelly was just really wild. <laughs> because I saw a YouTube looked, video about that. They said he was having a lot of trouble locating his fastball. Yeah, I, I mean, I I don't know. I I know he. I don't know. It's 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 a lot, but that's just a, seems like a ridiculous amount of games for not even actually making contact with anybody. So, yeah, yeah it, it's it's definitely insane, and and it kind of just shows, and it's kind of a frustration of fans. Like they're they're cracking down on Joe Kelly, and then at the same time, I think fans feel like the Astros were not cracked down on, and like it's just it feels so unjust at this point. And, and while while this is all going on, it's just it's magnified because everyone's watching baseball right now. And right. Just, like, every bad thing that happens, it just it keeps making MLB look worse. Which is oh, and MLB has such the advantage on every other sport too. They're naturally socially distant sport. They had the upper hand to where they could have started games way earlier. They lost out on so much so much publicity over this over this whole thing, and it's just. It's insane. It's mind-boggling how bad they've been. Yeah, it's it's interesting because I, I think I remember like the MLB. They were the first to come out to say like they're gonna have these bubble areas, and now it's just like it seems like they've fallen so far away from that. Well, the like, players' association is at fault about that because they were gonna do a bubble, I believe, in the spring training locations, right, Cody? Where they were gonna do yeah. Arizona and Florida. Uh huh. And I remember Bryce Harper even even suggesting that they do a bubble in the new Ranger Stadium. Yeah, I think he I think he was talking about the new Ranger Stadium as like the playoff bubble. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just I feel like they they missed on a lot of things here, and now they're just trying to scramble and trying to make sure that they can complete a season. Now, I mean, on the other hand, I I I think that I think that as long as you don't see anything happen with the Phillies here, if I don't if if you go over the next like four to five days and you don't see any Phillies players come positive, then I think we're probably good. I don't know if that's good for the whole season, but it's good to resume, uh, resume baseball activities for the most part for pretty much everybody besides the Marlins, but seems to be that they brought this upon themselves and they need to face the punishment. Honestly, I think that they should, they should have to forfeit these games because I mean, if you're going to, if your players are going out and partying and going out to, clubs or whatever during a pandemic then you deserve to be punished for that the question i have is just like what do you do to stop that though obviously you're gonna have like your leadership telling these guys to not do it but what what can you do from like an mlb leadership standpoint are you just gonna start suspending guys you're gonna have to eventually yeah suspending fines i mean they're all making less money this year anyway so a fine's Uh, gonna hurt a lot worse are you gonna set up like the nba like have a snitch hotline or are they going to put in things like that? Each team may have to do that. 2020 might be the only year where snitches don't get stitches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, 2020 is just a crazy year, man. Like, the the fact that we're just, like, we're putting players in bubbles and kind of forcing them – well, not really forcing them to play. Obviously, they're getting paid. But, like, we're really making these players do a lot of crazy things just to play the sport. And just yeah. Like, well, they're, they're getting they're, paid millions. So. Yeah, yeah, that's that's why they make the big bucks. But yeah. I mean, not yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Cir- circling back to the Marlins real quick, I had a question. Do y'all think the Mar uh, the Marlins will have more wins or 
players come down with COVID this season? Oh, that's that's a good question. I mean, because you got the taxi squad and everything too. Oh man, that would be a good bet. I wonder what. I wonder if anybody's ever made any odds on that yet. That'd be pretty awesome. I, I, Dude, I'd we, for, we might as well put that up. Yeah, I'll vote for the players. <laughs> More players. Yeah, I'm I mean, I, I think it makes sense to think that there's probably going to be a couple more players who get it, but are, are they going to have more wins than, like, let's say 25-plus wins? Is that likely with the Marlins? Last year, the Marlins went 57-105. and 105. Hey, they started this year 2-1. and one. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> Who'd they Off play? Off to a hot the, start, and they, they play, messed up. <laughs> uh, they play the Orioles? Or the Tigers to start? No, no, they didn't play the Orioles or the Tigers. They played. Uh, let me check real fast. I, I, I forget who they played to open up the series season. Uh, let me see. I got it right here. <clears throat> they played the Phillies. Wow. Yeah, they played. They played the Phillies to open up. Right. Oh, well, duh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, done. <laughs> yeah. What the? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe I forgot that part. But anyways, no. Yeah, it's 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 ridiculous, man. It's I don't know what we're gonna do about that that part in MLB, and it's just it's just something they're gonna have to fight through. I mean, it seems like everybody else among the league around the league is uh, is following the rules and procedures, and so. I don't think that they should be punished because it seems like everybody who's playing right now wants to play. You know, I mean, if they if you had the option to to opt out, I mean, kind of. I mean, you could only really get paid if you were if you were uh, if you had a health risk of any sort or anything like that. But there were several players opt out, like Ian Desmond, and yeah, there were yeah, Desmond's losing a lot of money this season from opting out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he lost a lot of money by voluntarily. That out. horrible contract. Uh, David Price is losing out. David Price a is lot of money. Yeah, uh, Buster Posey, one of mm-hmm. the best catchers in baseball, even though he's up there in years. Yeah, that's true. Uh, let's talk about the new Rangers Stadium and how it's been playing, Quentin. Uh, it's kind of looking like a. It's playing pretty big, wouldn't you say? Oh, it is for sure. It looks like it looks like all these balls that were hit in 2019 and prior that would just fly out of the stadium if they were hit high enough there. I mean, through jet stream or whatever it should be, wherever it was, you know, none of these balls are going out. Um, I mean, Gallo has hit a few where Gallo and Frazier both have hit a few up in the air. So like looks like they're going to be bombs and they die out at the warning track. It's looking like they're fi- they're trying finally figuring it out a little bit over this last game where they had that huge, huge five run eighth inning. Yeah, and uh, which the hell of a bat by by Gallo by the way, but um, he destroyed it's looking like that they're ball. figuring it out. Yeah, he destroyed it, but still didn't look like it went very far, which is crazy. I know. Ballpark. I mean, it probably would have been out of Yankee Stadium. Probably, man. <laughs> it was. Yeah, it, it, they're getting a hold of some, and they're not they're not flying out very far, and I don't. I don't know what it is. I don't know if they're if they're just not getting the right angle down in this ballpark or what. But it's just it's playing big, and honestly, I'd put money on them uh, bringing the fences in if they can't figure it out. Oh yeah, I'd say it's above a ninety five percent chance that happens after this season. Oh for sure. The only thing is they're gonna they're gonna ruin that thing they did where they uh, where they made all the distances after after former players and 
big seasons and stuff like that. Well, they I think they can readjust it. Just yeah, play, play with the numbers some. Yeah, they'll have to get creative. Yeah, I mean they were already creative once, and they have like eight months to do it again. Oh, got a couple of interesting numbers there, like twenty nine. You can't really. <laughs> You can't really change that one much up unless you're going to go like 429 or 229, but that'd be a pretty funny stadium. Let's go Polo Grounds, 229. Yeah, I'm, I'm for the Polo Grounds. That'd be awesome. Like, yeah, but 500 feet uh, to center, 200 to <laughs> left field. Gala would hit like 85 bombs. Oh, my god! 60-game season. Could you imagine? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Lance Lynn has been – he's been fantastic. Oh, my goodness, dude. Lance Lynn's looking like Cy Young candidate. Yeah. He's Two like, games, zero ERA. Like, the dude is on fire. I know. It drove me crazy uh, uh, in his second start when he allowed one hit the entire game, and then I think it was Jesse Chavez came in the next inning and allowed two hits to back-to-back batters and yeah. uh, eventually gave up the lead. But luckily, <laughs> the offense finally found life, and – won it for him we have the rangers have under a uh under a 0.6 era to start the season out throughout their starters and they should not be two and three with this with 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 that rotation how it's been pitching even without even with kluber only pitching one inning i mean it's just which is sucks that's gonna be rough to try to combat but allard is coming up for him so i mean it's not as worse as it could be because i mean i'm excited for allard but yeah he looks pretty good and still looks good yeah, he, he looked really good in his starts last year. So, I'm I'm excited for that. I just hope that we can get at least reliever Kluber or something like that at the if we if we sniff into the playoffs or something, you know. Uh, he won't be a reliever. Uh he come back and be a starter cuz um I don't know. I saw a lot of reports saying that saying that if we if we see him back, it's likely in a reliever role. Really? Maybe as like a maybe as like an opener or something like that. I don't think they're going to try to tax his arm if they get him back. I mean, Especially now that I mean I don't know the bullpen's looking shaky. Yeah, uh, especially with loss of Leclerc. Yeah, with the same exact injury as Kluber. That's both so weird. Shoulder injuries. Yeah, they're both shut down for uh, four weeks. Four weeks. Yeah, yeah, both shut down. No throwing for four weeks. I mean, we'll be lucky if we see either of them back there by the end of this year. Yeah, <clears> it's gonna it's gonna be weird with all the injuries to pitchers since they didn't really have a true spring training. They literally had a prompt. That they just deleted Corey Kluber's name out and typed in Jose Leclerc's and then they posted it. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> it was that's the weirdest that's the weirdest set of injuries I think I've seen in a in a, in a pretty long while here. So, I mean, we've been seeing injuries all over the place in baseball though. I don't know if it's because the stopping and starting that they had to do uh, to get back ready again or or what, but it's it's looking bad. Cody, you have the list of injuries. Uh. Yeah, I can pull it up just a second. It it's quite a doozy, if I can. Find yeah, it. it's it's bad. There is a ton of players on on the injured list right now. So th- this was last updated, I think yesterday. Uh, but it's already. Uh, we talked about Corey Kluber, Jose Leclerc, uh, Clayton Kershaw, uh, Justin Verlander. Uh, then Chris Davinsky, he's a good reliever. Alex Wood from the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miles Mikolas from the Cardinals. 
and players that were already out before the season even started, uh, Marcus Stroman and Noah Syndergaard of the Mets. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a crazy number of pitchers. Do y'all think it has to do with uh, spring, with the lack of a long spring training to get these guys going? They just had a, like two or three weeks to really get ready. I think it's – I don't know. I think it might be that or a lack of uh, players actually getting enough work in when they had to stop playing baseball. I think that was probably the biggest deal in some of this is where they had to start and then stop and then start again. And that could, that could be really weird or wonky on your arm and different types of your body. I mean, if you're not, if you're not conditioned right. I mean, some of these players aren't from – They, I mean, a lot of them don't live in Texas, you know, especially – especially the ones not on the Rangers, obviously. Um, so they don't – I mean, or Florida or some of these states that have been open and stuff. So a lot of these players, their facilities have been shut down. They haven't really been able to do some of the stuff they were they were trying to do. So Yeah, I like those, what, four? Let me, uh, let me ask, um, besides just the starting and stopping, I- I've seen this kind of with NFL players. Like, they've been training super hard in the offseason during this pandemic. Do you think it's possible that some of the pitchers were like overworking during that break? Um, possibly. Um, it just it just kind of depends. I'm not. I mean, there was there wasn't really a lot of evidence to show either way, honestly. And so, I mean, it's just kind of that was just kind of me guessing at what could possibly be the reason for the injuries. I don't I don't know if it would be necessarily overworking though, because I mean, they really didn't have actual work they were the only thing they could really do is just throw to a backstop or something like that if they're a pitcher you know or take some reps in a cage or off of like a tee because i mean there was limited limited ways to actually get any work in because you had the social distance and covid shutdowns and things like that i gotcha that makes more sense well they they still could have met with their teammates if both were okay with it yeah that's true and played but if that it, like with Dak Prescott when he uh worked out, I think when he worked out with Dez, he got a bunch of backlash for them all taking a picture together, and that may have been with Zeke, him and Zeke. I don't remember. That is true. Yeah, he did get a lot of backlash for that, and then him supposedly throwing a party. Yeah, <laughs> Dak said, "I don't care. Give my money." Well, <laughs> guess what? He's still not gotten. Yeah, right. Yeah, I still didn't get that money. He's hey, he's got thirty one million bones right now. It's all right. He'll be fine. Jerry and plus those endorsement deals. Him. Hey man, that he that got that yogurt money. <laughs> he ain't worried about that. So uh let's hold on a sec. Let's get back to baseball real quick. Um so yeah, we, talk, we talked about the Rangers. What do you guys think of the Astros so far? From I think they've been it's been wonderful with the Astros. I, Are you <laughs> I I really enjoyed watching the Astros play against the Dodgers, especially when Joe Kelly pitched against them. <laughs> well, I will say this. I will say this. It's uh, it's looking pretty telling about who might have been cheating and who wasn't. Um, because right now, or through that Dodgers series. Through that Dodgers series, Bregman, Altuve, Springer, and Reddit combined, they were 0 for 29. Jeez. And that is not good. <laughs> so they were not uh, they were I not mean, performing very well. That's I mean, sure. it's it's easier to hit when you know which pitches are coming. Like <laughs> Yeah, that's 
That is for sure. I mean, none of the big three seem like they can hit anymore. I mean, Springer is has a 47 batting average, uh, Altuve 174, and Bregman's 182 on the season so far. And so I don't know. I mean, anything could change change around. I mean, right now, yeah, right now, yeah, according to, uh, we're just it's a tenth of the way through the season, so a lot yeah. can change. Yeah, according to according to advanced metrics, actually, Christian Yelich, who might be the top two baseball players in in the country, <laughs> is actually according to advanced metrics, he's actually one of the worst in baseball right now, and I'm pretty positive that's going to change. So we'll see. Verlander is a pretty big loss, but I don't know. There's been some mixed reports on him, so I'm not really sure how long he's going to be out for. Yeah, and the but Astros that is have huge... so so many young prospects and stuff, too, where they can go and get another pitcher if they They were so bad for so long. They still have <laughs> still have those guys that they can call up. Yeah, that's that's true. I mean, they're I don't know. I I feel like their rotation isn't great right now. And so we'll, we'll see. I think it's still a good rotation. Yeah, I, I think have, it's serviceable, uh, especially. I think it's enough to push – if that lineup turns around, I think it's enough to push them in, back into into fighting for first place in the division. I, I definitely think they're still a playoff team. I don't see them missing uh, the playoffs, especially with expanded playoffs. Yeah. But honestly, I do think I, – I would pick Oakland to win the, win the AL West this year. I – I mean, they look like they have it together. So, for me, it just depends on Justin Verlander and how long he's out for, because they still have uh, Zach Greinke and Lance McCullers, who I I think should be an uh, are two quality guys. That depends on how McCullers continues to come back from his injury. Yeah, That's uh, and if the if the lineup turns it around and they prove that they did. Uh, they don't need the trash cans to play well, <laughs> then uh, they could elevate from not only division contenders, but uh, World Series contenders up there with the Yankees and Dodgers and Nationals and all that. <clears throat> yeah, and that would shut a lot of people up about them. That is for sure. That would uh, yeah. that would keep people from talking. So, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's put up or shut up time for them, honestly. I mean, if they really want to – they really want to get that monkey off their back, then it's then it's time for them to actually to, to do it, you know. So we'll we'll see what they can bring, but I don't know, I don't know. I, it has been a great start for them. I mean, they've made it out of what seems to be a bad start by their core players, and they're still three and three, and so yeah, it, yeah, and a. A 500 record may get you to the playoffs this year. I mean, if you look around the league, man, it's crazy. There's, I mean, there's only very few teams that are that are actually making a good step forward here out of the first out of the first like week or so of baseball. I mean, the Indians are five and two, and the Twins are four and two, and then uh, you got the Cubs at four and two, and the Rockies at four and one, the Dodgers four and two, and the Padres at four and two. Everybody else, they're either one win above 500, 500, or below 500. So, yeah. Uh, so go ahead, Tyler. Uh, yeah. So how long do you guys think it's going to take, like, until these teams are really starting to play to what they normally are? Oh man, I don't know. I, I think you got I a whole month to be able to do it this year. What's up? Go, go ahead, Cody. I don't even know if they'd be able to do it this year. Like, I don't even think sixty games is enough to really prove how good teams are. Like, 
uh, I think at the All-Star break last year, the Washington Nationals, who won the World Series, weren't even going to make the playoffs. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it on the on the opposite end of things, I mean, 60 games through last year, the Rangers had the fifth-best record in baseball, and they ended up not even anywhere close to even the wild card. Like, hey, they were – they would have made the playoffs if it was 16 teams last year. Yeah, yeah, that's true. They, uh, I think they were the second team out for the wild card. I think it was the Red Sox and them, if I remember right. Well, let me let me sure on that one real quick because I don't remember that. I don't remember if they are were or not because they ended up with 78 wins. Yeah, they that's how- yeah. If there was 18 playoffs, it looks like they would have made it last year. That's a good. Yeah. that's a good point. I don't. What do you do? You think that should be a permanent thing, Cody, or you think they should they should keep it at at the at the format it was? Uh, I I think a playoff expansion would be nice. Uh, maybe do twelve teams. That's what I think. Sixteen teams seems like too much. Like, uh, but but in baseball, anything can happen because there are so many upsets, and it depends on who's hot at the right time. Or who has an ace on their staff? Yeah, I mean, you've seen it before, where, where what was it? The two thousand six Cardinals barely even made the playoffs. They had like a, they had like a uh, eighty four win season or something like that, and they they ended up winning the World Series. So same I mean, for the two thousand eleven Cardinals. Same thing. Yeah, they ended up they ended up coming in and they shocked us. Oh, it was eighty three wins. Sorry about that. Yeah, ended up winning the winning the whole World Series over the Tigers in 2006 with 83 wins. I mean, it's that's that's how baseball works sometimes, man. I mean, a team comes in and they just they just get hot at the right time. I mean, it's it's crazy. You just that 60 games is just is really just isn't enough to really tell anything about what a team actually is. And so, but I don't know. I I think that six would make sense, six on each side, so a 12 team format. Uh, because I mean. If you look at it, there's only 30 teams in MLB. So 16 teams, that's over 50% of your of your entire teams making the playoffs. I just don't know how I feel about – because you know some of them are going to be under 500, and I don't know how I feel about a f- under 500 team making making the postseason. Yeah, and and then you don't have something like the NBA has where the Bucks are going to play a horrible team in, in the first round. And they're going to win in four or five games. And, you know, they're going to blow them out in three of those wins. Yeah, so, exactly. Like, I, I, think, I think there's a difference, though, between the M- NBA and MLB. Like, the NBA is extremely lopsided. Like, you, you know what teams are going to make it down the stretch. Like, the, the MLB, the teams are probably more likely to make a run. The MLB nowadays, yeah, you, you have a higher chance of really, really coming back and catching a team. And it's just – I don't know the the parity in MLB isn't isn't as far as some of the leagues, you know. So I mean, it's it's not. I don't know. I I feel like the the playoff format is fine for this season. I mean, this season the rules are already insane anyways, especially with starting a runner on second base and extras, which I hate. But <laughs> I, I think it's good for this season because it's going to save pitchers. But I don't like it going forward. Yeah. I, I think that – I'm, I'm fine with an expansion about one team, honestly, because I, I really don't like the one-game playoff for the for the wild card. I think yeah. that's kind of too random for a 162-game season, you know. that's Anything can happen in one game. It really doesn't tell you who's the better team is. I mean, it just – It's just 
really a matter of who has the better starting pitcher and bullpen and who can get timely hits. Yeah. I mean, even that, I mean, sometimes, I mean, it's just an error, you know, like, yeah, you can't, you can't avoid it. It's just something stupid happens and you, oh, look, your whole season's over after one game. Like, it's, I don't know. It just doesn't seem right. I, I feel like there needs to be a series. Uh, the problem with that, though, if there are six teams, would be you'd more than likely give the one and two seeds by buys. Yeah. And in baseball, you uh, baseball is one of those sports where a buy or multiple days off hurts players more than it helps them. I mean, you can look at the what was it, 26, 2016 Rangers. I mean, when they when they had that insane lineup going into the playoffs and they like with Beltron in the middle and everybody is just everybody was firing all cylinders. And they took too many days off because they were so far in first place that they came into the first series rusty and got destroyed by the Blue Jays. Yep. And it's just exactly. Yeah. I mean, you got to baseball. Baseball is weird like that. It's so much, so much timing and so much, uh, so much routine, you know? Yeah. And the Blue Jays have been fighting for their lives for the last month of the season. Yeah. While the Rangers, they're, they're just out having a good time. And Bannister just gave him too many uh, days off and just mismanaged that stretch run. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, that's so – I mean, you just kind of – you got to make sure your guys are staying sharp. But I, I, I can see why that would be an issue. But I don't know. I mean, you've seen it on the latter side too where, where, where teams have gotten rest and they've, they've, done, they've done well. I mean, so it just depends on what kind of team you have, honestly. And it starts, starts up with leadership, so – but I, I honestly, I'm, I'm a fan of letting more teams into the playoffs. But I'm not, I think, I think eight on both sides is just way too many. Yeah, I agree with that. But yeah, man. I mean, other than that, uh, that seems to be all we really have on baseball at the moment. Uh, we can bounce over to another sport. All right. So segueing from uh, baseball over. To football, let's take a look at the NFL's top 100. Uh, the issues with Dak Prescott and his contract. Uh, players that are opting out for the season due to concerns over COVID-19. And let's also talk a little bit about the Cowboys and Texans and the Patriots, just for Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to start with top 100? Should we yeah, go I'm done. List real quick? Yeah, let's do it. All right, should we start from the uh, the back? And work our way down. I got a complaint right off the bat about the top 100. <laughs> Go, ahead. Devontae, Go ahead. Devontae David is way better than number 100. He's one of the better linebackers in the league. That's terrible. <laughs> yeah, a hell of a way to start the list. We're already wrong on number 100. I, I totally agree with you on well, that one. Well, they wanted to start and end the list wrong. <laughs> they yeah. definitely did. They definitely did. I know the players, they don't look at, like, stats and things like that as much, and they do it more of, like, an experience-based voting. But, man, I was like, some some of these, I it's inexcusable. I mean, keep going down the list. I have some more complaints. <laughs> Let's go. Come I on. Mean, I mean, I'm looking from up to the back. Like, Lamar Jackson obviously shouldn't be number one. Pat Mahomes obviously needs to be higher. Who? Like, in their right mind, does not think Pat Mahomes is the best player on the planet right now. I just, oh my uh, god, I can't even, I can't even fathom that. Like, it's insane. Yeah, like apparently enough players to drop him all the way to four thought that. 
Yeah, I, mean, I, I guess winning a Super Bowl still puts you behind Lamar Jackson. Like, are you kidding me? It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. I don't like, understand I, Ravens fans because all the time Ravens fans were like, Flacco's elite because of his playoff performance. And then you go and have Lamar Jackson do terrible in the playoffs. Granted, his receivers are dropping everything. But still, do terrible in the playoffs, and now now he's number one player in football. Like I'm like, come on, man. Yeah, I know it's a, and, yeah, and, and sports, it just, but it, it just shows. It's just like Lamar Jackson's still very young. Like he still has a lot of room to grow. He he's definitely not a number one player in the league already. Oh, like, he's, he's a top ten player. I I think he's a top three quarterback. I don't. I mean, I still put Russell one. Wilson above him, but still. Yeah, that's a disrespect to Russ too. Like I, I think Russ has been a lot more established at this point. He's been a lot more consistent than Lamar for sure. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm fine with Aaron Donald being up there. If Aaron Donald was number one, then I'd be like, okay, that's that's fine too. You know? I, yeah, I think it's a one A one B. You can't go wrong with Pat Mahomes. You can't go wrong with Aaron Donald. Obvi- they're the. I think Mahomes is the best offensive player in the game. Donald's the best defensive player in the game. Uh, the two argument between the two is like kind of comparing apples and oranges. Yeah. Mahomes, he's the guy who goes out and wins you the Super Bowl, but Donald's the guy who comes out and secures it for you. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like you can't really know who's better at better at what until like you switch in positions, put put Aaron Donald as a QB, see what happens. I would take it. <laughs> <laughs> so we put Pat Mahomes on the line? Heck yeah, we are. <laughs> Heck yeah. Oof. Um so would Aaron Donald look like Josh Allen out there? <laughs> I mean, he, he might be better. <laughs> Who, by the way, jo- Josh Allen's ranked number eighty-seven. Insane. Yeah, uh, I don't th- know about yeah. That. This is the one time I will I will ever give Carson Wentz some love. There is no reason that Josh Allen should be on that list, and Carson Wentz is. I don't think Kyler Murray should be on the list. I don't. He's number nine. Think so either. Honestly, that's, yeah. Uh, but that's season. more excusable. Yeah. It's really across the board. The QBs is just not good. Like you look at Tom Brady too. Like he he's way too high. Like Tom Brady, way Tom Brady did high. not have a great season last year. He didn't. I mean, how is all right? Yeah. So I, I'm a little bit biased when it comes to Dak, but there is no way Dak is the ninth ranked quarterback in the NFL. He he is far better than that. He is way better than Jimmy G. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I would probably put him ahead of Tom at this point. Tom is just very old. Like, oh, you, you for saw sure. last year he couldn't throw beyond ten yards. Oh, for sure, man. It's it's ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense that <clears throat> that you have you have Dak this low when Dak was literally the most accurate quarterback from the from a, from the pocket last year. <laughs> I mean, he ranked he ranked towards the top in every single stat, every single metric. It was it's just insane. The dude was phenomenal. And he had a horrible coach. And he led his team, his receivers led the league in drops. It's yeah, it's wild to me that just that just continues to get so disrespected all the time. And it's just it, it doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, I, I mean that, l- let me play devil's advocate for a second. First of all, I I think you're the Dallas fan base. You guys kind of bring this on yourself just a little bit. I mean, y- y'all be acting like he's, like, the greatest quarterback of all time. So, like, when, when you get the response from all the other fan base saying he's not that good, like, what do you expect? Like, do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I feel like, I mean, there's just a big, am- big amount of uh, fans that – sorry, an ample amount of Cowboys fans that actually 
hate Dak. I mean, they they've had this weird vendetta against Dak since since he took over for Romo. I mean, it's not Dak's fault that Romo's back can't freaking take one hit in the NFL anymore, you know? I mean, but ever <laughs> since Dak came in, he, he's he's been lights out at everything. I mean, it's just it's ridiculous. So I don't I don't know. I, I don't think he's the best quarterback in the NFL by any means. But I think if you put it put together a season like he did in 2019, then you you should need to start giving him some respect. I mean, he's definitely better than number nine. I I mean, I, yeah, he he deserves more respect. I agree with you. Deshaun Watson's ranked twentieth, and Dak is what four, 46th? I think Watson and Dak are on this. I would say they're pretty much on the same level. Like I can see arguments they have Dak than Watson, but here's I mean, if I you can, want to do a rundown between Dak I can see and Watson, the argument. Then here it is. I mean, completion percentage. Watson Watson won sixty seven point eight percent to Dak sixty six point three percent. This is 20, 2018 to twenty nineteen, so it's combining two seasons. Uh, passing yards. Uh, Watson had eight thousand seventeen. Dak had eight thousand seven hundred eighty seven yards per attempt. Watson had eight eight even. Uh, Dak had seven point eight. Uh, passing touchdowns. They're tied at fifty two. Interceptions. Deshaun Watson had more at twenty one. Dak had nineteen. Uh, Deshaun Watson had more fumbles, 19, than Dak, 18. Uh, Deshaun Watson had more sacks, 106, to Dak, 79. Now, Deshaun Watson had a better passer rating at 100.6 to Dak Prescott's 98.4, and he had more rushing yards and rushing touchdowns, 964 yards to 582, and 12 touchdowns to 9. I mean, so it adds up to Watson having 64 total touchdowns compared to Dak, 61, over two over that two-year span, which, honestly, I think Dak's been – finally proven that he's playing his best football and while Watson's getting all the praise in the world granted he has a worse offensive line than Dak but I mean oh they're, much worse they're comparable yeah. they're comparable and and Dak didn't get receivers actually until Cooper came or came around halfway through 2018 and look what happened when Cooper came I mean Cooper's set the world on fire with Dak vice versa I mean at, at home at well yeah at home for sure yeah. <laughs> Cooper disappears on the road but but it's it's been ridiculous. I mean, I mean, now we're gonna get to see you're gonna you're gonna see Deshaun Watson. Honestly, I think he's gonna take a step down with with losing D Hop because without Hopkins, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think he's I think Deshaun Watson's a great quarterback. And honestly, I still I still would put Deshaun Watson above Dak, but it's close, you know. And yeah, and- Watson's gonna lose that guy. That's uh, Hopkins is always double covered, but he could still throw it to him because Hopkins had hands of glue. Yeah, and. Now he loses that guy, which frees the defense up more to do things like blitz the Texans' horrible offensive line, mm-hmm. and it could potentially risk uh, Watson getting hurt. And Watson's already had a bad injury, and we could possibly see it again uh, or something different because of that offensive line. I don't think the Texans did very much in the draft. Uh, I may be wrong to help him out. I don't think they did either. Um I mean, on the on the other hand, with Dak, you got you you just added C.D. Lamb to two basically number one receivers in Gallup and Cooper, and so it's about to be pass happy as hell with uh, with McCarthy. So I mean, it's gonna be, I mean, Dak definitely has has the better the better cast around him now. And I mean, he probably I mean, arguably he probably did beforehand too, um, but I mean, not receiving core. So until now. And so I don't know. I yeah, that's that's changed quickly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good old Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien over there just ruined the Texans. 
I don't know what that dude's smoking, but <laughs> yeah, let's just get rid of Deshaun Watson's just safety blanket. Yeah, that'll go well, and we still don't repair the offensive line. Like, I I, I totally agree yeah. with you guys. I think uh, I think Dak's gonna have a lot better season this year because he definitely has better weapons, and he's gonna. I mean, improve. if it's a better season than last year, then it's gonna be. I mean, that's MVP numbers. Yeah, he he could be up there. We'll we'll see. Obviously, there's a lot up in the air right now with the season. Um, but the other thing I was gonna say is, yeah, Deshaun Watson is definitely gonna take a step back this year, and yeah, he he is definitely gonna be put at risk at times. I I, I really think Bill O'Brien needs to try to be making some moves to help Deshaun Watson out. But knowing Bill, he's probably just gonna make them worse somehow. He's gonna oh, he's probably gonna trade Watson. Just trade yeah, Watson. Yeah. yeah. He'll, he'll, he'll trade Watson for a bag of chips. Are they tanking for Lawrence? Is that what they're doing? <laughs> no, that's 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 so, Bill Belichick. Yeah, yeah so let, let's talk about the Patriots. Um shoot, we have a number of guys sit out. Um you know Patrick. that scene in uh Fresh Prince of Bel Air where 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 Will Smith is saying bye to the house and there's nothing there out, and there's nothing there, that's gonna be Cam Newton. So Cam Newton just got there. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Poor Cam. He had all these inspirational videos. He's like, I- I'm going to have the best comeback. I'm going to do all this. And he's got no help. No help at all. Oh, dude, it's going to be bad. I-, I don't know. I mean, if anybody can make something out of nothing, it's Bill Belichick. But, I mean, he turned – I mean, who was it when – 199. What was that? He turned 199 into the GOAT. That's <laughs> yeah, true. that's true. Imagine what he's going to do with Cam, but he, he's got to get Cam yeah. some help. I, I think, you know, with these guys sitting out, I think we have six players that are sitting out now. Um, they did free up a significant amount of cap space, so they could start picking up some guys. That is true. <laughs> Clowney. <clears throat> what was that, Cody? <laughs> Jadavion Clowney? Yeah, so uh, I, I was thinking about this. Initially, I was like, yes, Clowney would be great, but I don't think he really fits the system very well i mean the patriots defense last year was elite elite like but they're losing chung and hightower and i mean i don't know i mean do you think they can hold that up to what they were i mean it's not gilmore and all the other studs but yeah they, they still have the best corner in the league but I, yeah. I think their priority is they need to replace those two spots you know i think there's some linebackers out there some pretty good linebackers obviously clay matthews is out there um, I, I don't know who's out there right now, safety wise. Yeah, place Chung, but but who who knows? You know, it, Bill Belichick is always going to find a way. You know, they they drafted that D two guy that no one even heard of. He he probably some, saw something <laughs> special in him. You know, him and his son Steve will find a way to make that defense good again. Yeah, like, that's I, for sure. I, I have no doubt about that. I think offensive-wise, like, you definitely have a lot of concerns because they, they really have no weapons besides Cam. So, I, hashtag make the Patriots great again. <laughs> yeah, right. No, I don't think anybody in the NFL other than Patriots fans wants that. <laughs> Maybe Tyler. Uh, me. Tyler. <laughs> Just me. Yeah, just you, man. Just me and all the state of Texas. <laughs> hashtag just Tyler. <laughs> so, do y'all think Jadavion Clowney is overrated? He's ranked number 41. I mean, he, he's a monster, um, but he's definitely underachieved since he's gotten in the league. Now, he, he has been injured a lot since he's gotten in the league, but 
obviously we we thought he was going to be like on the same level as like Aaron Donald as like literally one of the best defensive linemen in the league, but it just hasn't yeah. been that way. I mean, he underachieved to where he got drafted. Um, that's that's for sure. I mean, that's not even arguable. But I mean, I I I mean. Is it really a fail when the player actually turns up to be a productive player? You know, I mean. Yeah, that's a good point. That really yeah. Is. I mean, he's productive, that's for sure. But he, compared to what the hype around him was, I mean, it's, it's an underachievement. But was he, though? Last year, he in 13 games, he had three sacks. I mean, that's definitely an underachievement. But Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how uh, many of those games was he, like, kind of injured, though? Uh Unclear. Unclear. Sack totals are everything. He started eleven. What's up? Sack totals are not everything, though. That is for a defensive lineman. I mean, yeah, Demarcus Morris does a lot. He had thirty-one tackles and seven tackles for loss. Yeah, and then you're probably not counting like hurries and just just like pressuring the quarterback. Thirteen quarterback hits. Have the tight end chip or a running back come over and block. Like that affects the game. So like he, he definitely still has an impact. He's just I mean, statistically yeah. wise. He's not as good as we think he should be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, Met, I mean, same thing goes with like Demarcus Lawrence. Like, he doesn't put up high sack totals, or he didn't this past this past season. But he was in on every single play, and I mean, according to advanced stats, he was he was really good at his job. But the basic stats don't really support it, you know. I, I don't know. I, I do think, though, that, that Jadavian Clowney is definitely an underachiever. And, I mean, for what the guy is and what the guy looks like, I mean, come on, man. Yeah. You got to get together. Yeah. Let, let, me, some guys he's, let me ask you he's guys, uh, where do you think would be a good spot for him? I don't think the he's going to make the top right 100. Now. No, not, not in the top oh. 100. Just what team should pick him up right now? Oh, that's a tough one. I mean uh, – yeah, I think the Patriots would be fun to see. Oh, absolutely! They have the money. Yeah, they do. They do, and I would love or to just, see it. Or just throw them on the Browns with everybody else who's undisciplined and see what happens. Jeez, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I still hear rumors of him to the Cowboys, but I don't know if that would work. There's no, always think, rumors I, of so and so player going to the Cowboys. I, I, I know. I get, I get tired of them. <laughs> Dude, it's ridiculous. We had listened to Jamal Jamal Adams rumors forever. <laughs> for a year. Well, yeah, let's let's talk about Jamal Adams. What do you guys think of that trade? Why would you trade that much for a safety? <laughs> uh, you gotta get the Legion of Boom going again. Come on, now. dude. You're never gonna have the Legion of Boom if you can't draft anybody. <laughs> yeah, seriously, they gave hey, up. They so wanted to much. draft a guy with a third round rate and uh, grade in the first round. Leave him alone, dude. I don't know. Like, if it wasn't for Russell Wilson, man, the the Seahawks would. Oh my God, dude, that man has saved that franchise beyond belief. <laughs> yeah, yeah, agreed. It it'd be bad there if they didn't have Wilson. Oh my goodness! He, yeah, I mean he has saved who, who Pete Carroll and their GM. He has saved their jobs because they've done a terrible job drafting. Oh, for sure, dude. It's it's been ugly, and so I don't I don't know. They they're always competitive though because of Wilson. I mean, yeah. Put some respect on that. I guess he did get the respect. I mean, <laughs> we we still can't discredit like their their linebackers and their DBs always have been pretty good. Like, yeah, there there is that. Yeah, like even at post Bobby Wagner, Bobby Wagner for sure. Yeah, that's true. But like receiver wise, line offensive lineman wise, like obviously 
they've been a mess. Can sure. I can I mention something real fast? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. What who what NFL player voted Todd Gurley onto the list? At fifty one. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. People must think he's still good. It's just <laughs> I I saw that. I was gonna mention that one too. That that's kind of ridiculous. Dude, that is the most <laughs> I don't have a word for that. That's that's bad. That's yeah, bad. yeah. It was. It was. And Zach there. Martin at fifty five. Yeah, that's crazy to me too. That's the best lineman. That might be the best lineman in the NFL. The only one that's debatable above him, really, I guess, like Quentin Nelson. Is he the highest ranked O lineman? Now Quentin Nelson's ranked 29th. That's but... it. That's the highest lineman. Wow. Yeah, Zach Zach Martin is 55. He he's definitely a top. There's I not would say easily a top 35 player in the NFL. There's not there's not 54 players in the NFL better than than Zach Martin. That's just well untrue. Todd Gurley apparently is. Apparently. <laughs> apparently. Golly. And then they have Devontae Adams at 57. Yeah, another player Todd Gurley is better than. Yeah, I, I was like, I know Devontae Adams. Should we just, should we just run through the list? But all the players better than Todd Gurley that should be ahead of him. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Chris Jones is better. Marcus Peters is better. Stephon Diggs is better. <laughs> Zach Martin is better. Is DeForest Buckner better? Probably. Well, yeah, I'm just going to say better. Guy. Yeah. Everyone from 52 to 100, <laughs> except maybe like Kirk Cousins and Josh Allen are better than Todd Gurley. What about Kyler Murray? Better. No, it's, give me Kyler. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kyler Murray I, I doesn't have arthritis. That. Yeah. <laughs> give me the one without arthritis or tendonitis. Or oh, tendonitis. <laughs> Shout out to Darius. Yeah. Uh, also, shout out to Christian. Lamar is the goat. <laughs> uh, thank, thank God we're not working with Christian anymore. Can you, can you imagine that? Guys, oh, that, that proves my point. Lamar Jackson is number one on some stupid <laughs> top 100. Yeah, the same uh, list that has Todd Gurley at 51 and Jimmy Garoppolo ahead of Dak. Yeah, the, this list in general is just so stupid. Like, first of all, I, I think there should be a separate list for offense and defense. I, I, I think, think we should just go by position. Yeah, yeah that's really what it should be. It should just be like top by five or top ten in the league. This is yeah. just so dumb. Like, how do you compare Lamar Jackson to Aaron Donald and then compare them to George Kittle? Like, that's just so weird. I say we just, I say we just strap up everybody on the – on different sides of the ball and see what happens. <laughs> Let's put Tom Brady at a uh, corner. Oh, geez. Those, those <laughs> ankles are getting burnt <laughs> like toast. We'll, we'll, have, uh, we'll have Tom Brady uh, guard Richard Sherman. Oh, wh- yeah. what, what do you think Tom Brady's 40 is at this point? Uh, uh, 1840. 1840. <laughs> that was the year he was born, wasn't it? <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> The other quarterback we didn't mention. Uh, what, what do you guys think of uh, Drew Brees' spot? Uh, I think it's a. I think he's more around like twenty-five. I, I think Deshaun Watson and Dak Prescott. I I can see arguments for any order for those three, but I think they're all about the same level. Yeah. See, I'm I'm in the same boat as that. I I see the top three as uh, as Mahomes. Wilson and Jackson, and then there's 
you could make an argument for pretty much the rest of the field from four to ten. I mean, it can go either way, and there's stats that you can show that can make your argument go anyway. Uh, now, the guys that I think that are in there, it's definitely not, definitely not Josh Allen and definitely not Kyler Murray. That's in the top ten right now for me. But, I mean, so I don't agree with the list. But, yeah, I mean, I mean, Breeze is in there. Rodgers is in there. Dak is in there. Watson is in there for sure. And whatever order you put those in, I'm not going to fight you on it. But if that – I mean, I just feel like those stats show you that those are the guys that are next on the list. Yeah. And- I'm shocked Matt Ryan isn't on here. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, they, they left off Carson Wentz, though. I, I saw on Twitter – Wait, Matt Ryan isn't on the list? Off, but... No. no. Oh, man, I thought he was Matt on the list. Matt Ryan and Carson, Carson Wentz. Wentz is also off the list. Yeah. Well, boo, Eagles, I don't care. <laughs> they can go cry. Now, Nick Foles think, won that championship. <laughs> I think you can make an argument for either of them over guys like Darren Waller, uh, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray. Uh, just going through the list and nitpicking. Uh, well, I think Todd Gurley needs to be higher, like number one. <laughs> can he somehow go higher than that? Can we like set zero or something? I think that's perfect. He yeah. starts going on the opposite end of it. He's like, he's, he's like negative one. Negative one. Yeah. <laughs> it's too good. How many good knees does he have? Uh, zero. <laughs> Wait, did you say Josh Allen? As in Josh, I'll throw it thirty yards over your head, Allen. Yes. Yes. Sure. Yeah, apparently Josh Allen and his team were supposed to win the division finally. Finally break the Patriots' streak. Hey, the I, Bills I are pretty good, that. though. Well, we'll see. Yeah, they are. We'll see. Over and Bills, they got Stephon Diggs. And they have Stephon Diggs. That is right. For Josh Allen to overthrow. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, Stephon Diggs is wide open in the end zone. Let me run it for four yards. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um. Any other? Josh Jacobs is low. What's up? Josh Jacobs is pretty low. He's seventy-two. I think he should be a little higher. Yeah, yeah. Probably the top fifty. Like you could definitely make arguments for them to be higher. It's kind of a tough thing. Yeah. I'm kind of besides on besides Gurley, of course. I'm kind of on team. Running backs don't matter at all, and they're easily replaceable. So none of them. Whoa, are really whoa, 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 whoa! Come on now. Ask Marshawn Lynch what he thinks of that. Yeah, exactly. Come I'll on. Just give him, let's not I'll just give Marshawn a bag of Skittles. He'll be all right. That's, that's like. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, other positions and other players that stand out to you on this list. You guys see it? Like receiver wise, I thought it was kind of interesting. Devontae Adams, way too low. I think Quentin talked about that a minute ago. Mm hmm. Um, uh, we saw so Julio Jones coming in at 11. Um, what else we got? I think Chris Godwin's a little low. Oh, uh, Keenan Allen's way too low. Yeah, yeah I, I Keenan do. Allen and Cooper are really low. I think Cooper's okay at 50 or 49. Uh, but Keenan, yeah. Keenan Allen, I think, is a top 50 player. Well, I think so too. Keenan Allen, he's probably gonna be a little bit higher because last year was kind of tough. Like Philip Rivers did not have his best season. That's the tough thing about the receiver spot. You're so dependent on the QB that you have. Keenan Allen still had a good season. Yeah, yeah, he could have had even better season. That's what I'm saying. Oh yeah, now he had a better season than he did the year before. Actually, he had 1,200 yards. He had three more yards and seven more receptions with the shell of quarterback. Hey, where did Odell come in again? It was Him and uh, Jarvis are 
pretty close up there. I think it's like the fifties. Let me see. I thought it was the sixties. Maybe sixties. Uh Odell. The other uh, Jarvis the other is sixty one, Odell's fifty nine. Odell's fifty nine. So here's a yeah. question. Do y'all think Odell still has it in him to be a top three receiver in football? Uh, uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I agree. It's going to be hard to tell, though, because he tore his groin last year. Or he had, like, a hernia, right? Yeah. Was that I don't hernia? remember what was wrong with him. It was it, one of those two. Great. I can't remember. It was one of those two, and either one, they're definitely going to, like, make your career a lot harder. Like, that's going to be lingering for a while. So, we'll, we'll see how he bounced back this year. I, I don't – he could be a top three receiver again, but – Put that growing on ice, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got T- Quentin TJ Watts twenty five. Yeah. Wait. Hold on. How is JJ Watts still on the list too? That's that's something that always messes with me. Madden always rates him still high. The dude plays like two games a year. <laughs> because he's still good. He's still good in those two games. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. I would I would rather have two games of JJ Watt than sixteen games of Taco Charles. <laughs> <laughs> That is true. I saw which brings me back to TJ Watt. What could have been? Sorry, Watt could have been. Boo. Get off the stage. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty bad. Thank you. I'll be here all night. <laughs> um any other things stand out to you guys on this list? I feel like I think Travis Kelsey should be higher. I agree. I agree with you. That's one of the things that's about. He, I think he should be in the top 15 for sure. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers is too high. How do you think Aaron Rodgers feels right now? He's ranked at 16, and they just drafted Jordan Love. Like, <laughs> I think <laughs> I'm, I'm still a top, like, top 20 player in the league, and y'all think I'm washed. That sucks, man. I don't uh, think he is anymore. You think he is I, or not? I don't, I don't think so. You don't think he's watched? I don't think he's a top 30 player anymore. Yeah, he. I think he's a top 10 quarterback, but I don't know if he has that, uh, what he did against the Cowboys in 2016 stuff anymore. I mean, I could be wrong. I could still see him going out and playing it, but I, it's been a while. I, I think he's still good enough. Like, it, it didn't warrant the Jordan Love pick. It really did. No, absolutely no. Not. Yeah, I agree there. I just, I don't, yeah, I just don't see him as like they. He still gets the love, like he's the most ridiculous quarterback on the planet, but he's not that anymore. You know, it's, I still think he's good, but I mean, yeah, we'll see it when he's with the Patriots next year. <laughs> Is that <laughs> right? what the Patriots are going to be? We're just going to cycle in, you know, yeah. old MVPs. Yeah, the cow, and then the Dak will be on the tag, his second year tag with the Cowboys. Y'all will have Rodgers for a year, and then you'll get Dak and have and win like eight out of ten Super Bowls because you know how to coach a guy. Yeah, l- let me ask you guys a question: Do you think the Patriots dynasty is over, or do you think it's going to keep going? I think as long as Bill Belichick has a heartbeat. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Shoot, and he he's got Steve Belichick learning everything. You know, Bill goes down, then we got Steve, Steve rocking the mullet. You know, I, I think he's he's probably learned enough where he could coach pretty well too. Here, here's the thing though what what Bill Belichick protege or protege uh, has went on and coached and has performed well. I don't know, to be honest. <laughs> there hasn't been many. I can't. I'm. 
I, I don't know 100% all of them. But, I um, mean, what would you say about Josh McDaniels? Eh, yeah. That's what I would say. <laughs> it, it seems like there's a trend where they do really well with Bill. They leave, and they eventually return because they didn't do well without him. So, How long until Patricia's back? Patricia, eh, that's a good point. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe he hasn't been fired. Yeah, the Lions are just going to continue to be abysmal. Is what uh, it is. Stafford's a guy who I think's a top 100 player. I think he was hurt, but Stafford. I mean, before before la- before he got injured last year, he was looking like an MVP. Yeah, yeah. dude is phenomenal. Still, he can make every single throw on the field, and the dude gets no respect. Yeah, because Detroit because he's on a horrible no team. Respects. Oh, I know. <laughs> I mean, he's stuck in what looks like Tony Romo hell. <laughs> Yeah, he's literally in, like, a purgatory where he's just stuck. You know, he probably misses Calvin Johnson. He's probably just so tired of the shit. <laughs> Calvin Johnson could come back and and still kick some ass. Hell, T.O. could come back. Did y'all see that video? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. 46 years old, running a 4-4. Yeah, it just shows how unathletic we are at this point. <laughs> <laughs> We're we're in our twenties and we'd still get roasted by him. To could be ninety and still roast me in a in a race. That's probably true. Hey, I know college football players that would get roasted by a fifty year old To. That's very yeah. true. Hey, you know Mike Tyson's <laughs> making a comeback. Why not To? Why not? <laughs> hey, it's twenty twenty. Everything is up in the air. Why not? <laughs> hey, world's ending this year anyways. It's all right. Yeah, let's do it. Just yeah, balls on the wall. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What do y'all think is going to happen with the DAC contract? I, oh, I'm going to stay out of this one. I'm just going to let y'all see. No, go ahead, Tyler. <laughs> Have at it. Uh, I, I don't know at this point. So explain to me. So he's still holding out. Is he going to get franchise tag, right? He, he already accepted the tender, and it's already, already accepted the tender. Yeah. 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 So they had a deal in place, but – Apparently, they didn't get it done fast enough. Which is ridiculous. To the NFL fast enough. So, uh, the NFL is not allowing it. Really? Yeah. So, I don't I don't think he can sign anything with the team until uh, ne- next offseason. The question is, if Dak goes out this year and does even better, that price tag just went way up. Yeah, it's really going to depend on how he does this year. If He can also shit the bed and then. There goes that price tag. I mean, if he, yeah. I'm one of the biggest Dak supporters there is, and if he if he shits the bed off of with with this receiving core, and with uh, Jason Garrett not being there to hold him back, then you know, then he and he has a he has a Super Bowl winning head coach. Too. Yeah, yeah, he he's got no excuse this year, for sure. I mean, oh man, save injury. Yeah, yeah besides like injury or Corona, or against Corona. But Let's, that's if the defense gets shored up. I mean, they were freak. They were awful. I mean, now they got some talent on the defensive side of the ball, but is they whatever was going on last year, it just wasn't coming together. They, oh man, they were not good. <laughs> they were they were below league average in most stats that matter. And I mean, their special teams. They literally are one of like the few teams I've I've, I've seen in a while literally lose games because they were that bad on special teams. Yeah, that's how they lost to the Patriots. Yeah, right? they straight up yeah. lost to the Patriots that game because of special teams. And it's they they Dak had was it the it was either the worst or the second worst average starting field position in the league. Uh, 
they had oh my gosh what I think it was the most missed field goals in the league uh, <laughs> uh because Maher man it was they there was multiple games there where if they would just make a couple more field goals they they win the game easy and they 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 were really uh like a 10 and 6 11 and 5 team inside of the body of an 8 and 8 team and yeah and they were one of the best teams in the league at going from tw- the 20 to 20 yeah is that that Jason good old Jason Garrett red zone play calling <laughs> they also run on first down yeah red, red zone runs first down every single time and i i have my personal feelings about zeke but <laughs> it's just man i don't know i i hope that like they're able to utilize Zeke a little bit in a, in, a, in a way that's more modern day running back style rather than just pound it right up the middle. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm uh, sure McCarthy is going to use them in a little different options. It's not going to be with what Jason Garrett was doing before. Um, and I think we'll see two running back sets with Zeke and Pollard and let just let Dak have some fun with that where he makes maybe some RPOs in there mm-hmm. where he can look to run it with Zeke, run it himself, give it to Pollard or give it to one of those three number one receivers that they have. Yeah, exactly. I'm excited to see what CD lamb does. Dude. I, that, they had a great draft. They really did. I, I think Diggs is going to be the, the steal out of it. Um, I mean, that dude, I've seen the videos of him in the in the offseason stuff like that, and it dude's looking good. He looks solid. I, I honestly think he's gonna start. Yeah, you know, the Dallas draft just really surprised me. Like normally I'm I'm shitting on the Cowboys and I just like I saw all these picks. I was like, wow, they they really knocked out of the ballpark. I Yeah, I, you were texting me during the draft in awe. I, I honestly think like you guys you know, you touched on special teams being a problem, but offensively, I think you guys are set. I think defensively, you guys are pretty solid. It's just going to be like special teams and kind of the extra things they're going to make or break the team this year. Well, I think they have a decent punter and uh, Chris Chris Jones. I think he's okay. Yeah. Uh, and then they have a good kicking comp- competition going on with Greg Zerline, who used to be one of the best kickers in the NFL and then uh Forbath who went 10 for 10 for him last hey, year. Hey, that's Greg the Leg versus Kai the guy. So, we'll we'll see what happens there, but I'm I'm I got money on uh I got money on Forbath. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's going to be that's going to be a fun battle to watch. For sure. For sure. Um so let's kind of wrap up this NFL talk. Um let's talk a little bit about just the seasons, the outlook of the season, kind of what's going on with coronavirus. Um, r- right now, what do you guys think kind of the NFL is going to put into place as a result of the coronavirus? Go ahead. Go first, Cody. I, I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, this... They've had all these months to prepare and still aren't prepared. Yeah. That's the crazy thing. Like, with this and college football, it seems like they just like they're waiting and they're waiting and they're waiting and like they're not planning at all. Maybe I, I don't think anyone really thought this was going to last as long as it has. Yeah, and that that's so dumb. It's like you, you should be planning for the worst no matter what, especially right. when you're like running a billion dollar organization. I think that I think that they really need to take a look at what's going on in sports right now 
and look at the look at the sports not having any problems yet. Looking at look at baseball, and uh, and this is coming from a huge baseball fan too. And this is like, but looking at it, they they're they're gonna be if if just having COVID cases is the thing that's gonna gonna mess up your league and shut things down, then you need to go bubble. Yeah. I think they need to go bubble for sure, but for but for some... that's going to bring up the problem we talked about with baseball. Except this is going to be an even bigger scale because baseball has twice as many players as basketball, and then the NFL has twice as many players as baseball. That is true. Yeah, and and not to mention you have the trainers, all the extra coaches. Like it's hundreds of, and really thousands more players. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, that is true. Lo- logistically, it's just not. I don't think it's gonna work if teams are just traveling constantly. The, the idea I kind of had is like, um, and I kind of had this for baseball. I, I think they should be like not necessarily a bubble situation, but they have teams kind of stuck in areas for like a long period of time, like playing in the same arenas. Maybe like let's say the Cowboys would be home for four straight games and they fly in like three teams. Right. And then they kind of rotate something like that. Like it'd be kind of like a pseudo bubble kind of thing, but I, I don't, well, I don't think they could go a full season where everyone's just kind of flying and moving around constantly going game to game. That's just not for football. It's kind of easier because you can u- utilize uh, college campuses. So you could do something like, have half the teams in like what I was saying with baseball, you could have half the teams in uh, the Dallas area, half the teams in the Houston area, or you could do it in California, Florida, other places. But I'm thinking Dallas because you have the Cowboys, uh, SMU, TCU, uh, and you could probably utilize the Rangers old stadium uh, for football games. Uh, And then in Houston, you can use, uh, NRG Stadium, uh, U of A, where E of H plays, Rice, uh, and all those places. All those places, including the Bat, HBU. Yeah, the Bat. <laughs> no, but we we've seen it. We've seen with the the XFL. They basically took over all the campuses in Houston when they're doing their preseason. We've seen it with they they do joint preseasons in the NFL. Like I, I think it's definitely doable where you can have all these teams kind of in one location or in multiple locations. But I I think the the idea is they they don't need to be moving around a lot. They need to be secured in different locations for long periods of time. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, they could could maybe uh, divide it where the NFC is on the West Coast and the AFC is on the East Coast. And, like, the playoffs, uh, they work their way, like, more towards the Central for – as the playoffs go on or something. I bet yeah. we just field of dreams that just make them make, make a bunch of fields and cornfields and, you know, yeah, if you build it, they'll come. <laughs> you, you know, we can start getting creative stuff like that. You know, I've seen on Twitter, they're talking about taking over the Kibby dome and Idaho taking over some of these domes. Let's you go. Know, you know, I've seen in the past and college basketball has done games on like uh, aircraft carriers you know, we could set up an aircraft carrier at sea. I'm a fan of football a island. on there. Football islands. I, I think that's a good idea. <laughs> it's like surviving. Think, uh, Let, let's move all the football players to Hawaii and make them play there. 
let's take all the players and move them somewhere different. <laughs> <laughs> no, but game back to the fight island, I, I think Roger Goodell needs to be on the phone with Dana White and he needs to be learning from what they've done. Like, obviously, it's not the same scale. But if you look at the success stories of this coronavirus, the UFC has absolutely killed it. If you put if you put Zeke on an island, he's gonna be he's gonna be crop topping, walking around drinking margaritas out of a out of a pineapple or a coconut. <laughs> he's gonna get even fatter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna walk out of that looking like Vince Wilfork. Oh, jeez. <laughs> hey, I, I feel like he's still gonna be pretty productive. Hey, he's he... running through tackles. Yeah, he's gonna bulldoze people. Why do you think he? he why do you think he always he's gonna forward. be like Eddie Lacy? Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, he is becoming an Eddie Lacy. He, he he's really way is. out of the league. <laughs> yeah, or Jamarcus Russell. <laughs> Jared Lorenzen. <laughs> All right, guys, let's transition over to NBA uh, bubble action. What y'all got? Yeah, let's jump right into it. Um. We had our first game back. Um, we had the Utah Jazz against the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, Utah Jazz just barely won tonight, 106 to 104. And what was really um, a kind of sloppy game throughout, uh, a lot of turnovers from both sides, a lot of missed shots. Um, and then I, I think coming into this was kind of a, the big question, was, of course, was how is Zion going to do in this? And he was uh, very efficient, very solid, but he, he did not play a lot of minutes. Um, he, he also did not finish the last couple of minutes of the fourth quarter, and I, I know Twitter was off, often uh, awfully pissed about that for sure. But um, it, it, was, it was, again, sloppy game for the most part. Utah's uh, veteran leadership and just more cohesive team just kind of barely snuck away with the win. Cody, do you want to just kind of give us a little rundown of some of the stats, who did well, who didn't? Yeah, so Zion, like he said, was real efficient. He had uh, 13 points in 15 minutes. Uh, we're, oddly enough, he uh, didn't have any rebounds. He just had an assist. Uh, but he was minus 16 when he was on the floor. Wait, that's not very good for a guy who played 15 minutes. Uh, then J.J. Redick played really well for the – uh, Pelicans off the bench in 26 minutes he scored 21 points uh, he really carried the team he and uh, Brandon Ingram uh, Ingram had 23 and 8 uh, he didn't shoot very well but no one really did uh, can, can I can I say one thing um, yeah you, you know we're gonna get more into like the the wards of the the season but it, it's come very clear that Brandon Ingram is definitely the most improved player I, I think that's clear to everyone Tonight he looks he looks very good. Like again, it was a very sloppy game from everyone, but Brandon Ingram at times was just unstoppable. He, he looked like a cross between like a KD and a Kobe. Like he he looked really good for sure. But um, yeah, he's really starting to look like he he has KD like traits on offense, like when he drives and stuff. And he's kind of – he has that slim build like KD. Yeah, but then he has that Mamba mentality. There's just times where he's just like – he's ISOing and he's just going to – he's going to take whoever switches off on him and he's just going to hit a mid-range jumper on them. Like, it's it's inevitable. It really was. Yeah. But um, give us some stats from the, the Jazz players. So, the Jazz uh, – Rudy Gobert uh, ironically had the 
first bucket in the return from the NBA, if y'all forgot. Uh, he's kind of the guy that shut it down because he was the first uh, NBA player with a positive test and really just spiraled everything uh, from there. And then uh, he also scored the last basket of the game, securing the, the Jazz. last free throw, right? The, yeah, the last free throw of the game, uh, getting the Jazz the win, uh, which it's pretty cool He's the how his fingerprints were all over the game like the microphone. <laughs> uh, Jordan Clarkson led – uh, the Jazz and points off the bench. He had 23, even though he was minus 15. Uh, Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley both had 20, though, for him in the win. Yeah, I, I think you could just see, like, Utah is just a deeper team. They're more experienced. Um, they, they have guys who just step up and make plays when other guys are struggling. So it, it's it's tough for New Orleans. They're, they're trying to get that eighth seed but they're they're not going to beat a team like this it's just not going to happen they're they'll lose in the first round if they make the playoffs but i think this is just for them they should just view it as we we need to be happy to be here because uh it's just more experience for our guys more of a chance for them to gel together for the future because since uh zion's come uh joined the team and started playing uh i i think they're Probably better than Memphis, but uh, I think they would still lose in the first round if they played the Lakers or Clippers or, wh- or whoever. It, it would be great to see them get that eighth seed and play against LeBron. I, I know ESPN would just explode over that, just having LeBron against Zion. But it, it's I don't think it's likely at this point, unfortunately. They, they still have a lot they need to improve in. But for sure, you can see tonight, like, their future is bright. They're going to be a good team eventually. It's just not right now, for sure. Well, what do y'all think about Portland's chances of, of sneaking in there at the eight seed? Portland is a dark horse. Because uh, if Lillard's on, like, they they can beat pretty much anyone. They're I don't think they're very deep, yeah. but... That's what I was going to say, Port- yeah. You can have Lillard dropping 50 and they could pull off some upsets there. Yeah, I, I think you're kind of seeing, like, the reports leading up to this. Like, it seemed like like Lillard was maybe not wanting to play. I think you see the reason why, because it's just like, he's going to have to carry his team, and then he's just going to get swept probably in the first round, which is unfortunate. And it's just, it just shows, it's like, the Trailblazers, him and uh, McCollum are great players. They just, they haven't had a lot of support. Yeah. It's like, every single year, they're like, they're getting a seven or eight seed, and they're just kind of – they're getting bounced in the first round. And, like, they don't deserve that. Yeah. There's some good players. Like, yeah, they need that third scorer. Uh, they don't They don't really have that. They had a good uh, run when they had uh, – before, I think, Nurkic got hurt last year. But I, I don't know if he's going to be back or not for the bubble. But uh, it'd be n- nice to have him. But I still think they need a wing that can help them score some more. Yeah, and they, and they just need more depth, I think, for sure. Yeah. Well, let's go over to the upper echelon of teams here uh, about the Lakers and uh, Lakers and Clippers, right? Yeah, so the, they were game two tonight. Um, Lakers just – you know, Lakers were down um, halfway through the game, but it seemed like they were able to kind of pull it out and win. Um, they won 103 to 101. And uh, – what ESPN is gonna, probably going to paint as a huge matchup, but it's it's actually not that big of a deal right now because both their seeds are basically locks. 
Like what they're basically playing right now is just to kind of get back into like that basketball mode that they were in, that elite level yeah, they're out, in. Get out of their rush. Yeah, exactly. And, and uh, I think from what we saw, like there was definitely some rust, just like the first game today. There's definitely a rust from everyone, including LeBron. LeBron did not shoot very well. Cody, you want to run through the stats a little bit of some of these guys too? Yeah, go, going off LeBron, at, I think in the first half it was looking like he'd have a quadruple double. He had like five points, six rebounds, five assists, and five turnovers. But he turned it around in the second half, and he had a double-double, 16-11 with seven assists. and uh, He shot six and 19, though. Well, he uh, he's in a he's in a tough spot. Um, so he he's got to play basically point guard for the Lakers now that Avery Bradley did not join the bubble, and then that Rajon Rondo got hurt. So he he's hey, got to adjust to a little bit different role. They have Caruso. They're good. <laughs> they do have Caruso, who unfortunately um, he did play twenty eight minutes tonight, but he only had seven points. He had a big, uh, I think, a big steal in the game that helped secure their win. Yeah, that's kind of what that. Caruso needs to do to help these Lakers. He he really needs to be make those small ball like plays, like hustle plays. He needs to be that guy right now and just kind of do whatever they need at point guard or shooting guard to kind of get the offense going. Yeah, Kareem. I mean, Anthony Davis balled out. Kareem. Uh, he had thirty four points, eight rebounds, four assists, uh, eight and nineteen shooting, but. He shot he was sixteen to seventeen at the line. I guess the officials wanted to help him out some. Yeah. Or they that, were just that's the thing Hacka Davis. That's the thing I noticed with both games too is a lot of fouls calls. I, I wonder in this environment, like, is it easier to or to see things or something? Or is there just a little bit more uh, different dynamic where refs are more likely to call more calls? I don't know. But it, it just seemed like they're definitely whistle happy in both games today. Well, well, to me, actually, to uh, bounce off of one of our one of our polls we submitted on Twitter, um, and uh, the questions that we got asked were about not having fans in the stands and the effect that it's going to have on games and things like that. It's it's looking really weird for me for in, watching NBA uh, with it. Just feels like. I don't know. It has like this weird like fishbowl effect where everything just feels so much tighter and smaller, and it's just just looks weird on TV to me. Well, what do you what do y'all think about that? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Cody. I I think uh, having no fans and that effect, uh, I think it does stuff to the officials where they're like, oh well, we don't have to. We can just call whatever we want, and we don't have to worry about getting booed and yelled at and cussed at by the drunk fans all around the stadium because they're not here right. to yell at us and stuff. And I think the players uh, realize that too. So there may not be like as many bad games, like uh, if a player's bad on the road or something, they may not, they will probably start playing well on the road because they don't have the opposing crowd intimidating them and all that. Right. Yeah. See, right. I, I notice it. You can't even notice it, really, watching MLB games other than the dumb cardboard cutouts. But it's – I mean, you, you don't really feel a whole different watching it on TV because the piped-in crowd noise. But it's – the way the bubble looks is, is – it's so small. And so that's – it's just it's just really weird to me. 
but yeah, they they've kind of compared it to like an AAU kind of game. But like I, I played AAU growing up as a kid, like it, it's not the same feel. Like you don't really have like bunch of fans packed into a gym and it's just going wild. Like you don't have that. You you have fans on like these electronic boards and they don't look like they're very into it honestly and like half the time you don't even see they're there and then you you got just kind of like interesting dynamics where like with uh coronavirus you have like the players socially distanced like on the bench and it's kind of just like a weird dynamic like you're you're not next to your teammates like packed together you're you're not like talking about the game getting pumped together you're like you're separate it kind of kills the energy and I think that's one thing I, I noticed tonight. It's just like the energy level from the teams and uh, the coaches and stuff. It was just kind of weird. It really was. If y'all don't mind, we transition since we are the Texas three-step. Y'all want to transition over to some Texas teams here? Yeah, let's do it. So a couple of questions off the bat. Uh, really, uh, the only ones that are in competition to an extreme amount is uh, is the Rockets and the Mavs here. So – a uh, couple, couple of questions that I would have. Y'all could uh, elaborate more and go on as much as y'all want. Um, the Rockets and the Mavs, out of which of these two teams do you think has the higher potential here and the higher ceiling uh, going forward throughout the rest of the bubble, uh, the playoffs and everything? And which one do you think at the, by the playoff time will have the higher seating? I think the Rockets are going to have the higher seating come playoff team, but I think the Mavericks have more potential. I think the Mavericks are a deeper team, and uh, I, I just hate the style that the Rockets play because James Harden is such an inefficient player, and to a degree, Russell Westbrook, too. Uh, but I think the Mavericks have more potential because of the way Porzingis is playing. Like I think since February, he's been averaging 25 a game. He, he's been balling ever since uh, Luka got hurt, I think, in January. Yeah, what, what I would say is um, I, I think the Rockets – probably have the edge i think mavs have a better all-around team but i think the rockets because of james harden and russell westbrook i I think there will be games where they're just they're kind of they're just going off and they're kind of carrying the team and they they have that dynamic and because they're so explosive and because they can just put 50 or 60 on your head like that that really changes the dynamic of some of these games I, i could see rockets probably going a little bit farther but honestly, I, I don't think either team is really going that far. I think yeah, whatever the seeding is going to be, I think eventually both teams are probably going to run into the Clippers or the Lakers and they're going to get buzzsawed, yeah. honestly. Yeah, I think they're second round outs at best. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I can too. see that. Uh, from my standpoint, I would, I would say that probably the Mavs are better as well. Uh, of like overall team wise, especially on offense side of the ball. I mean, I mean the Mavs' offensive rating was one fifteen point eight, which is the best in the league. I mean, but the problem the Mavs have is they are really bad in the crunch time. Uh, that's gonna be what separates the Mavs and Rockets, I think. Uh, in this little stretch, because it's the twenty two best teams in the NBA. <laughs> Uh, and so you have those guys, uh, those guys. So all the games are probably going to come down to the last, uh, seconds that like we saw today, except maybe when you're playing the Suns or a team from the East, they, they're going to have trouble closing teams out like they've had all season. 
So what? How do you think they fix that, or and what do you think is the problem? Is it something to do with Luca? Is it Kate? What What do you think it is? The it reason that has to do with Luca. Oh yeah. <laughs> now, uh, I don't really know what I. I think it's the way Rick Carlisle is uh, co- coaching or his like rotations, because uh, in the fourth quarter, uh, early on in the season, he would take Luca out and have him sit like the first. Uh, four to six minutes of the fourth quarter and during that time the Mavs would just get pummeled and uh, Luca was going would be going off at the end of the third quarter and he'd uh, be on the bench to start the fourth and the Mavs would they'd get obliterated to start it and then Luca would come out on the court and be cold again hmm. so I, I think some of it has to do with Carlisle and then a lot of it has to do with the team being inexperienced because you only have like three guys on there with any sort of playoff experience. Right. Uh, JJ Barea, ha- I think has the most playoff experience on the team, AKA LeBron's clamps. <laughs> I was about to say that. <laughs> of course. Cody, I-, I have a question for you. Um, do you think part of it too is because of just kind of how the team operates? They-, they spread the ball around a lot. It doesn't seem like they have that guy who's going to ISO score. Right. I, I think Luke is the guy that kind of ISO score to a degree. But he's really but pass team, first in a way. Yeah, but teams start uh, start to double team him, especially if Porzingis isn't on. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're needing one more guy uh, that can shoot. I I'd love it if they could get like a JJ Redick in there because it'd be on if that happened. I mean, yeah. Can, can JJ Redick just? You know, change teams once the Pelicans are out. Wouldn't that be interesting? Yeah. All right, pull up and shoot like JJ Reddick. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm curious if James Harden will go to the club once the Rockets fall down like three to one in a series. And he's going to show like, the if magic they fall city. Down, yeah, if they fall down to if they fall down three one, he goes to a club and then get uh, passes the virus to LeBron. <laughs> What would happen if LeBron got the virus going into Game 7 of the Western Conference Finals against the Clippers? Well, ESPN is just going to have like a brain aneurysm. Like, they're just going <laughs> to fall apart. <laughs> um, I, I feel like LeBron would still, I don't know, they got to put him in a hazmat suit or something. He's going to find a way <laughs> to play. <laughs> yeah. But um, what was I going to say before this? Yeah, it, it, it's interesting. We kind of talked about this with Damian Lillard and when we brought up with the Rockets. What happens when teams start getting down the series? Do they just start like getting lax with the rules? Do they stop caring? Like when they know it's over, do they just like basically bow out already? I think a lot of these guys start playing for their contracts. So they start playing more for themselves than the team once they know it's over. Because they know if they go out and have a great last game or two of the series, then it could potentially earn them a couple million more than what they're expecting. Yeah, that's a good point, honestly. But it's kind of weird. It's just like what happens we get through like seven of these eight games and like you're the Pelicans or one of these teams. It's like you know you're not going to make it. It's just. I mean, if you're in seven of eight already, you might as well just play the eight. I mean, it's not going to be really any difference. Well, I, if I were the Pelicans and we're eliminated after seven games, I'm probably I'm I'm benching Zion. I'm I'm not risking him getting hurt because of the injury issues he's already had and all that. And they're still cautious with him 
as you saw tonight with him only playing 15 yeah, minutes. Yeah, that refrigerator so of a I man. Wouldn't risk, yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't risk messing up that investment. I'd probably limit Brandon Ingram too. Uh, and then I'd just let Lonzo take every shot. Yeah, and, and I think you just you kind of let the young guys get some opportunities. You bring in Jackson Hayes a little bit more. Yeah. Let him dump yeah. on some guys. Can, give Kenrich Williams some opportunities too. I thought you were about to say Kedrick Perkins. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you didn't we hear he's coming out of retirement. Screens. Come on now. <laughs> yeah, they needed uh, two Zions on the two team. Two Zions. <laughs> Shoot, so, suit up Chuck again. They'll have three Zions. <laughs> <laughs> so um, let's uh, let's transition a little bit to touch on a couple more things, if y'all don't, if y'all don't mind. Um, let's go to what y'all think about maybe some MVP picks or some bold predictions y'all have for the bubble. Just uh, just off the top of y'all's head. Nothing too in-depth or anything like that. We'll go into more predictions later on next episode and stuff. But just off the top of your I, head. I got. I have one bold prediction. I think the Toronto Rap- Raptors are really going to challenge the Bucks when those two teams meet. Okay. I, I, I could see it going six or seven games. I, I think everyone's kind of like – everyone thinks the Bucks got locked up in the East. But Toronto is minus Kawhi from last year. They're still really, really good. They really are. I, I, I think, you know, the Bucks could really have some problems in the East in some of the series they have. I think they could come into the finals kind of beat up when they face the Lakers or the Clippers. Yeah, I don't think the Bucks are that – I don't think they're as formidable as their uh, record says because in a seven-game series, you're going to figure out how to stop these guys and stuff. Giannis – will probably have at least one off game and Chris Middleton he's not that great uh retweet he's <laughs> yeah he in the west he's not an all-star mhm uh so you're going to figure there's probably i if the bucks make it to the finals they're probably going to play six games in all but maybe the first round and then they'll probably lose in like i could see them losing to five, in five to the lakers because they don't really match up well against any any teams for a playoff series because they don't really have any uh, perimeter scoring. Yeah, it really comes down to just like how how good is Giannis going to be? Like he's really putting that team on the back. Like they have a great team. Don't get me wrong, but like Giannis is clearly like the guy that's the matchup problems for these teams. Like the rest of the team is manageable. Yeah. Well, you want to know what yeah. my bold prediction is? Go ahead. That uh, LeBron's hairline falls back to the Miami Heat days. <laughs> Ooh. So, Oof. so does that mean he's going to get a title? Oh, God. Hope not, but maybe so. <laughs> <laughs> now, Camps Berea is going to go to whatever team's playing him and lock him down yeah how, how old is clamps at this point like 45 50 i think i think he's 30 37 golly yeah hey he's a hero <laughs> in his home country yeah for real. Seriously. My, my my bold prediction is that dirk's gonna come out of retirement and average 40 a game and uh Dog, sorry, he, he couldn't play more than 10 minutes he waddles down the court like a baby giraffe who's got uh, more of a waddle him or zion 
<laughs> oh geez that's a tough one well one one is twice the age of the other that's true i i random question or not really a random question but um looking at the east looking at some of these other teams like what do you guys think of um ben simmons and their squad what do you think of some of the other teams i i watched the mavericks completely destroy the 76ers with with a zone defense. So I I really don't see any team in the East really, except maybe the Bucks having a chance against the West. The Heat are a little interesting. Yeah, yeah, but uh, the Heat the Heat are just a weird team that I don't think are gonna do much. Yeah, that, that's kinda why I said um the Bucks, I think they're gonna be kind of beat up going in. Like going against the Heat or um, the 76ers or the Raptors, those are all very distinct, different teams. Like, they're going to be challenged for sure. And then they're going to have to change the next week against a completely different style team. They, they're definitely going to get worn down, like I said, when they get to the finals. Yeah. I My bold prediction is that Ben Simmons is going to set the world on fire and shoot threes like he's Steph Curry and lead the 76ers to the championship. And I doubt that. <laughs> Where, where's the button that says highly doubt? <laughs> I would be smacking the crap out of that. Yeah. We, we should, once we, I think we have a plan for eventually like doing contests and like putting down bets and stuff. I think we should put a bet down of how many oh, we're going to make. We're going to do Wheel of Torture eventually. But we'll see, as soon as we get a couple yes. episodes in, Wheel yeah, of Torture, everybody who's listening. That's going to be a lot of fun. Get we're gonna put that, guys. Yeah, we're gonna put down a Twitter thread, and uh, and y'all are gonna y'all are gonna put down some punishments that that we should do, and we're gonna make a bet each week. One of us is gonna challenge another person. We're gonna make a bet, and the loser has to spin has to spin the wheel, and do whatever it is on there. So be ready for that one. But uh, but uh, yeah, getting back to this, um, uh, let, let's just talk about that Lakers Clippers dynamic. Which team do you guys think is most likely to win the title at this point? I got Clippers. I think you got the Clippers, Cody. I think the I think the Clippers, but barely. I think it depends on if there's a significant injury or anything, which the Lakers had, which the Lakers have had with Rondo and uh, Bradley sitting out. I think it kind of tilts towards the Clippers, but barely. The Clippers lost by two tonight, and that was without their. Uh, dynamic duo off the bench and Harold and uh, Magic City Lou Lou. yeah Lou Williams so. <laughs> Lou was gone had to get some wings um yeah yeah so we we ran the polls on Twitter and Instagram there I think they're split I think Clippers won on Twitter I think Lakers won on Instagram so I, I think a lot of people think it's very close personally I lean to the Lakers because obviously I'm a little bit more of a fan of the Lakers um I think if Rondo can get back, I think they just have enough to kind of get past the Clippers. I, I think they have some matchup problems. I think Anthony Davis is obviously the main one. I, I think size-wise, they're just a little bit too much for the Clippers. But I, I could definitely see Kawhi shutting down LeBron. I could see Paul George going off and them basically winning in seven. I, I see that happening too. That's possible. Yeah, yeah, it'll be an interesting series. Well, to uh, 
to kind of get a little bit close out on here on NBA, I have one more thing I'd like to touch on without getting like overly political or anything like that. Um, what do y'all think about that news that came out about uh, about China, the China camp today? Yeah, that was a huge bombshell, really. And it, it kind of just kind of got swept under the rug. I, I didn't see them talk about it on ESPN or anything like that. You, you know, if the listeners don't know what's going on, basically, it seems like they think that the NBA was running, like, basketball recruitment camps. But, like, in a sense, they're using, like, Uyghur, um, basically slaves is what's going on over there. And they're basically using slave labor. That, that's what the investigation has kind of found. We, we still haven't heard too much about that. Um, it's probably definitely going to be a developing story, but it is not, it is really a bad thing to hear if it's true. Like it, it just fuels kind of the people who are saying like LeBron is lay China and the NBA kind of bows to China and all these different things. Right. Yeah. It, it's just, it's a bad look for the NBA. They, if they need to, instead of them and the ESPN kind of hiding this, they need to address this right away. Like they really do. We, we need to know what's going on. They need to be transparent with us. Well, I do give props to ESPN for actually coming out and being the one that reported that, surprisingly, of all things, because ESPN likes to uh, coddle the NBA as much as they possibly can. But uh, but they were actually the ones that came out first and said something about that. So that was that was pretty surprising. Yeah, it was just kind of interesting. It's like they wouldn't talk about it on ESPN and like, if you go to ESPN.com, you didn't see the, yeah. the article popping up. It was on the front page, which it should be. Yeah. But I, I'm sure, again, I, I feel like it's a developing story. We're going to hear more and more. Like, it's it's definitely not going to just die today. Yeah, we'll, we'll touch back more on it next week when we have more info on it. I just wanted to kind of get that out there and just see what your, what your thoughts on it were at first. Because that was a pretty big bombshell of a, of a news story. It really was. We have one last sport to cover. Enjoy my preview of this week's UFC Vegas number five. The UFC is back in Vegas after being on Yaz Island in Abu Dhabi. You know, Fight Island is taking a little siesta. You know, this fight this week was supposed to be uh, Holly Holm against Irene Aldana, but Aldana tested positive for COVID. So we actually have a new main event and it should be a pretty exciting one. We have uh, Derek Brunson against Edmund Shabazan, and Shabazan is really the next big thing in the UFC. If you follow the UFC closely, you've been watching this kid from uh, the Contender Series up until his last couple of fights for the UFC, and he, he's just been phenomenal, securing a few wins within the first couple minutes of the fights from um, submission or knockout. He's really being impressive, and this fight against Derek Brunson is really going to be like the biggest test he's ever faced. Derek Brunson is looked at as like the gatekeeper, um, for like the top half of this division. If Edmund Shabazan can get past him, now we can start kind of talking about okay, when is he going to get that title chance? Um, so looking at kind of the breakdown, Shabazan comes in with a record of 11-0, um, 9-11 are stoppages. Um, the last fight, he beat Brad Tavares in a really impressive win um, in the first round KO. If you look at Brunson, he comes in with a 20-7 record. Um, 
two-win fight streak against Ian Hennish and Elias Theodoro. Um, kind of the thing we know about Brunson is that he really just keeps falling short to elite fighters um, in the division. You know, he's lost to Israel Adesanya, the champ. Um, he's lost to Anderson Silva, obviously one of the best of all time. And he's also lost to Yoel Romero, among many, actually, elites that he's lost to. He's just, he's been one of those fighters that's just, he's a great fighter, but he just keeps kind of falling short in those huge fights. And he's still yet to have a, a championship bout. Um, if we could kind of look at the breakdown, just like comparing the two, you know, Brunson has been fighting for longer. He's the older fighter. He's 36 compared to the 22-year-old Shaba. Um, and then also you got the reach advantage for Brunson. So kind of what you're going to expect is, you know, Brunson is more experienced. Um, he's fought in these longer fights. Shaba's been fighting these a lot shorter fights. And if this fight goes longer, and it's only going to be a three-round fight, if it goes longer, especially towards the third round, it's going to start to go in the favor of Brunson. So you kind of expect that Shaba is going to be on Brunson early. And I think my my prediction for this fight is I, I think Shaba and Brunson are going to be banging it out for the, the first round. And then I think it's going to get to the second, which is new for Shaba. And I think Shaba is going to KO Brunson, which would be huge. Um it's it's a shame we don't have fans in these fights because I think the crowd would go wild because that'd be a huge win for him. So I expect yeah Shaba to beat Brunson in the second round KO. Um, it, we're looking at the other fights. Um, the, the co-main event you have Joanna Calderwood against Jennifer Maya. Uh, Calderwood comes in as the favorite. Um, it's a little bit of a surprise that she took this fight. She was expected to um, take on uh, Valentina Shevchenko, um, but Valentino had an injury, and she was kind of expected to kind of hold out for that championship fight, but she decided she wanted to take on one more. She, this is really a risk. She's got all to lose, not much to gain in this fight, except, I guess, more experience and another win, of course. Um... Collarwood comes in with a record of 14-4. and four. She won her last fight against Andrea Lee. Um, and, and really, she she's phenomenal at every part of her game. Her game on the feet, on the ground, in the clinch, all that. She's very impressive. Um, and then when it comes to Maya, who comes in with the 17-6 and 1 record, um, she recently came off a loss to Caitlin Cook again. And... She's also missed weight in the last two fights, so that that might be a factor in all this. But she's a very solid fighter, but I, I think Calderwood is just a little bit better in every facet. And she she should win in this fight, um, but I, I expect the fight to go to uh, the finish, and I expect uh, Calderwood to have a unanimous decision against Joanna. And then um, the next big fight, which should be the fight of the night, um, we got Vince Luque against Randy Brown. Vince Luque is the slight favorite. Um, he comes in at a 188 favorite. Randy Brown is a 158 favorite as a fan duel. Um, really, these dudes are just going to be throwing haymakers and going to be banging. Both of them 
really are great strikers. I, I think what comes down to it, Vince is just a little bit better. He's a little bit stronger. Um, I, I expect them to really be banging out in the first round. And, and then the thing that kind of makes Luke a little bit better than Randy is um, he has just an excellent submission game. Like, he, he's a great jujitsu fighter. He, they should be banging it out, and I think Luke will try to take Randy to the ground, and he should be able to submit. Um, I, I expect a first-round submission, or it might go into the second, but more than likely the first. I think this should be quick, although it's going to be very exciting in one round. Um, and then other fights, we have Bobby Green against Lando v- uh, Venata. Um, I got Green winning by split decision. And then um, Kevin Holland against Trevin Giles. Um, I got Holland winning by split decisions. Really, it, it should be a very fun night, but I think everyone's kind of looking forward to that Cormier and um, uh, Stipe Miocic round three fight. That's going to be Cormier's last fight. So this is this might be a little bit of an afterthought. Like people will be looking past this, but it's still going to be another great night. And it's just going to be another night to see, you know, if this Shabazan kid is the real deal and if he's the next, like, big face of the UFC. I hope so, honestly. We got a lot of big names that are kind of sitting out as of late. You know, Conor McGregor has retired once again. Uh, John Jones is retiring. And to be honest, like, those guys have been in the game for a while, for a long time. Um, but we... We need some of these fresh faces, this new kind of wave of people. You know, I think Shabazan is it. We have a Sugar Show, of course. Um, we we have a lot of guys, I think, in this fight, or a lot of fighters in this fight that are going to um, impress. And maybe on this stage, they can gain some more fans. But I think coming out of this is really just going to be kind of um, all on Shabazan. It's really going to grow his fame um it really sucks I, I think Brunson is a great fighter but um this is just gonna be another loss for him unfortunately um really that's that's it for this week's fight um UFC Vegas 5 in Las Vegas Saturday night Derek Brunson against Edmund Shabazan and the other main event is Joanna Calderwood against Jennifer Maya yeah to close to close everything out we'll we'll go ahead and uh give you a little rundown of what we're what we're talking about next week what we're talking about doing um obviously we're gonna go over our our, our picks and predictions for mvp all awards uh champions whatever all that um for nba we're gonna give you more coverage on the nfl and a lot more on the ncaa i know we didn't really get a chance to touch on that today but we're gonna do a lot more on that and on the updated conferences and schedules and since we'll have more information on that. Uh, Cody, Tyler, you want to add some stuff in? Yeah, we're going to be also talking a lot about fights. Uh, the, we're going to talk about the fight this week, of course. I'm going to add that in there. But we're going to be talking about the the Cormier-Stipe Miocic uh, fight number threes. Should be a massive fight. We also need to talk about the the Mike Tyson out of retirement fight. Ooh! We'll definitely get into that. Which Mike He's back. Uh, uh, little um, little notes to the fans. We might have our first guests on to talk about that, which I think will be very exciting for sure. Cody, you got anything? Uh, 
No, nothing I can think of. We'll we'll tweet more ideas that come up too, and uh, yeah, follow follow us on polls uh, and stuff. Follow us on at uh, Texas Three Step for both Texas or for Twitter and Instagram. Uh, engage with us on the polls and questions. Definitely feel free to DM us any uh, topic ideas you want to hear. I I know we got some this week and some of them we didn't cover because obviously there's a lot to talk about. But yeah, just, just be on the lookout week. for everything for sure. Just keep engaging with us. Yeah, well, our episodes probably might be a little bit shorter from here on out in the future. This just this week was so jam packed with news and updates and after update after update, and so. This is uh this was a crazy crazy week and so we needed to get this episode out, but um but the, yeah the last the last thing also we want to put out there um already this is our first podcast this is our first episode but we already have some great um engagement you know we've we've already had a Texas Sports Life reach out to us and they want to start working with us it it sounds like they're going to sponsor us so. We, we really think like this is going to be a very big deal and it's going to, you know, just hop on the train. And before you know it, there's going to be thousands of people listening to this. And this is going to be, you know, bigger than Barstool Sports, bigger than the Pat McAfee <laughs> show, hopefully bigger than ESPN first take and all those sports shows. We, we, we think it's going to be huge. Just be ready and just keep engaging with us. Keep following us, you know. Yeah, soon we'll have Pat McAfee requesting to come on to our show. <laughs> uh, uh, unfortunately, we don't have a story about Troy Palamalu like he does. Palamalu, yeah. bro. Palamalu, and, and we're Palamalu. We're, we're not gonna. Hopefully, he doesn't blow up on us like that one guy for his show. Hopefully, that doesn't happen. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we're, so, we're we're gonna push hard to make this a really good show for everybody and. Uh, and we hope to do well for you guys. Yeah, let us know if y'all have any comments, critiques, uh, what y'all liked. Yeah, critiques, things you didn't like. If we need to make the show shorter, if y'all want us to make it longer, if y'all want to make a, if y'all want us to make it a twenty-four hour show, <laughs> Tyler doesn't do anything all day. He can just stream for a day. Sir, I have to lift weights at least once. Come on now. Oh, gotta get okay. Those games. So Tyler, Tyler will pause for an hour. While he consumes protein, gets groceries, and lifts weights, so Quentin and I can take over for that hour. Yeah, you got can talk it, about man. baseball, man. But yeah. yeah, you'll just listen to us talk about baseball and that. Maybe a little Luca. You know, uh, I think we're gonna just wrap this up finally. <laughs> hell, hell of a way to end this, but uh, yeah, we just wanted to filibuster it. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stand here and uh, and uh, read Cat in the Hat. I'm like on some roller skates, <laughs> like resident note to start talking. But um, I'll, yeah, that I was gonna go Pat Oswald in Parks and Rec, and that's how the Star Wars universe and the Marvel universe come together. <laughs> All right, well, yeah, that is it for our show. Be on the lookout for episode two ne- coming next week. Bye, y'all.